Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, what's going on everybody? This is your host Eric Oakley right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast coming to you on a Wednesday talking Detroit Lions football as I always do. This is where I serve up that Honolulu Blue delicious Kool-Aid and everybody listen out there, you guys all do this. Drink it in And I do too. I'm always drinking that Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid, always trying to be positive for you guys. Obviously it's been a tough season. But, uh, you know, we're always talking Lions football, which is great. It's our team rebuilding, putting it together. And uh, I think they're really going to finish strong here in this back half and have some fun football to watch. So I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, I'm going to keep this show short. I'm going to keep the Friday show probably tight. Life's been crazy. Work's been crazy. Life and work have been crazy. Everything else going around me has been crazy busy. And what I want to say real quick before we start talking Lions football is like, As I always say, man, I tell this to friends, family, whoever, like, everyone is busy. It just depends on what you're busy on, whether it be your wife, your kids, home, work, schooling, um, sports, so many different things, right, that just keep us busy all day, every day. Um, But I just want to tell everybody out there, I mean, just... If you're struggling, if you don't feel like there's enough time in the day, if you're always telling everybody around you, oh, I'm so busy, oh, I just don't have time. Listen, like, I guess my advice is just sort of focus on the things that you enjoy and that bring you happiness and the things that are important. And those can be the same or those can be totally different. The things get, that can bring you joy might not be very important in the grand scheme of things and the things that are important to you. You know, at at times might not bring you happiness. So it's both sides of the coin. But I just want to tell everybody, like I say, you know, realize the guy next to you, your neighbor, everyone has a lot going on. But also just manage everything as best you can and don't forget to enjoy. I mean, I love coming on here, turning on the microphone, talking Lions football, Michigan football, fantasy football, whatever it is here on the Kool-Aid cast. It's a really good time. And I just really appreciate all the listeners out there. A lot of you guys. Excuse me. A lot of you guys, you know, will shoot me a DM on Twitter or shoot me an email or, you know, catch me somewhere and and chat and just say, man, love the show. Like, it's just fun hearing about the Lions. You bring an interesting take. I try to rant and rave and have some fun, obviously, for entertainment value here on the show. So this is one of my outlets, one of the things I enjoy. But like I said, busyness is going on, but I'm here talking Lions twice a week, every week. So let's do this. 
And you guys know what the first topic is, right? Odell Beckham Jr. Now, you know, right before I got recording, like, you know, the guy didn't get claimed on waivers, probably because Cleveland manipulated his contract and made it ridiculous where no one could get him. So that wasn't a surprise. Now, when this whole thing started, you know, word was that he was going to basically be a minimum type player, you know, the Lions at the top waiver claim, Lions need a receiver, Lions need a little excitement, maybe sell some tickets, maybe get a W under their belt. So there's a lot of things pointing to like this making a lot of sense, especially because Odell seemed like all he wanted was the football, you know, and the Lions could get him the football, I don't know, 8, 10, 12, 14 times plus a game in his direction, put up some huge numbers and then, you know, head out for wherever he wanted to go next year. That was what I was thinking early. Now, did I really think it was a realistic possibility? No. Did I put it all out on Twitter? This needs to happen. This is why this needs to happen. This makes so much sense. You know, drink it in. Yes, I did. Because, man, would it have been fun if his contract was next to nothing. Brad Holmes scoops him up, says, Odell, you're the man. You're going to make all these plays. Jared Goff is like, man, I finally got a guy I can get the ball to, to get open, make some plays after the catch. Lions, you know, first home game. Everybody's excited to see this player out there. That's kind of where my head was at. Now, of course... You know, the way it went down, the contract was crazy. Dan Campbell said that, you know, a brief no in his press conference, which put it to bed a couple of days ago. So everybody knew it wasn't going to happen. There wasn't any intrigue. But late last week, there was a lot of talk on Twitter, social media, all the different websites out there about, you know, could he just randomly come to the Lions and embrace it and help the Lions? Or would he have attitude issues or want to go to a winner? You know, there was all that talk out there. So it didn't happen. I mean, I think, you know, I pretty much knew it wouldn't. Um, you know, everyone knows that I'm a big fan of Odell and this other guy, this quarterback, Baker Mayfield. But everybody knows Odell, I guess, had a problem with Baker. Baker wasn't getting him the football. He ended up getting his way out of Cleveland. He'll probably go to one of these top teams in the National Football League. That's kind of how it usually goes down. It's it's not a huge loss, to be honest. As much as I kind of like the player over the years, I've definitely weaned off him when it comes to fantasy or just in general. Obviously, he's not putting up the numbers. He's not dancing. He's not being crazy. He's not one of the top. What was he like for all those years with the Giants? He was like... One of only two or three receivers to ever do what he had done. So, I mean, he was incredible. He's obviously fallen off in regards to that. Now, people still want to say, oh, this guy's a D. He's a rock, locker room killer. I mean, I don't really see any examples of that in Cleveland. So, I think if he would have been in the right headspace and came here and got the football, he could have been a really, you know, interesting, fun piece for the Lions. Now, to back this up, because I won't talk a ton more about Odell. It didn't happen. We knew it wasn't going to happen. I kind of hoped it would happen, but it didn't happen. Like... When are the Lions going to go out on a limb? When are the Lions going to like actually see a talent, a top-type talent, a guy with maybe some off-the-field issues, a guy that got cut by another team, has something to prove, still in his mid to late 20s, and say, you know what? Let's go get that guy. Let's go bring him in. Let's let's sell him uh, on the city, the team, what we're building, and make him a piece. Because until they take one of these risks and it pays off, 
I'm telling you, I feel like we're just going to be continually kind of waddling, um, trying to like do what everyone says on the old Twitter machine. Oh, you don't want any of these guys. You know, we'll just go draft everyone perfectly. I love the draft, but you're going to have a bunch of draft picks. You got to supplement that with other guys that are either cut loose or misfits or guys that are talent, but might be a pain in the ass off the field. You know, all these things that you have to kind of mix into one pot to get a winning team. You know, and for year after year, you've been hearing me scream on this pot. When are you going to make a trade? When are we going to go actually give up some capital to get a ball player? You know, of course I want that player to be in his like mid early 20s. Of course I want them to be at a premier position, whether it be quarterback, wide receiver, defensive end, you know, a nasty tackling machine at linebacker premier corner of course like you'd like it at one of those spots and you'd like him to be in the prime of his career but we've seen so many examples where guys get cut loose people think they're done oh they're just a horrible person and then they go on to have like two three four good years on the football field that would help a team i don't know like the lions you know so I don't know. Like, I, I don't know when it's going to happen, but this whole, like, oh, we're just going to build only through the draft. We're only going to get these free agents that fit us. Oh, we're always going to steer towards good guys, good character. Like, overall, it's a great concept on paper. In general, yes, you want good guys for your locker room. Of course, you'd love to hit on almost all your draft picks and have these low contracts and absolute elite talents i'm here to tell you it's not going to happen like you're going to have to take a risk some chances at some point and then some of those are going to burn you we've seen the lions do that they might you know get a player take a chance a little bit and it burns them so what go look for the next opportunity to do it and bring in guys that can help you win ball games (laughs) i mean that's what it's all about at the end of the day so There you go, everybody. There's a little Odell talk, a little Detroit Kool-Aid about the Lions needing to make a play at some point for a mid-back-of-the-career type veteran to help them get over the hump. Drink it in, man. All right, so we got that off the top. Now, let me do this. You know, we're about 10 minutes in here of the show. Like, I'm looking at kind of what I got on my docket, what I got on my brain. You know, Lions coming off a bye week, about to head to Pittsburgh. Probably get into the Pittsburgh game and some other rants there on the Friday show. Let's just do some off the top, you know, non-detail, but just general type grades here, position by position. So let's just work it down. I'll go ahead and give you offense here before the commercial break. Talk about it a little bit. Back half the commercial break, we get into defense, and I got a couple more takes before we get up out of here for the show. So when we're looking at grades, you still start at the quarterback position. If I had to grade out our quarterbacks, I'm going D plus for the quarterbacks. And the reason I'm going D plus is because I thought Jared Goff being the number one overall pick, having a point to prove, having all the smarts and arm talents, and hey, he was going to bring over these things that he had learned from Sean McVay, and they were going to surround him, and he was going to kind of you know, make these lower-level receivers good, and he was going to outperform what everyone expected, and he was going to be a Matt Stafford light. No, it, it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened at all. Jared Goff has been very underwhelming disappointing in my opinion I mean his balls are wobbly when he throws them he checks down every single time 
I haven't seen any electric type throws and we're at week 10 now in the NFL season. Yes, of course, when you get the ball and a little dump off to DeAndre Swift, he can make you look good. When you continually target TJ Hawkinson four yards from the line of scrimmage, he's going to make those catches and you're going to have a decent, you know, percentage or, you know, your stats maybe look decent by the end of the day. But Ever since those first couple games when we had, you know, a little bit more line health with Frank Ragnall in there, we had a couple more ball players on both sides of the football. Like, he had a couple marginal games or half, you know, a good half here, horrible second half, uh, horrible first half with a bunch of turnovers and then a bunch of late stats like we've seen in the past here in Detroit. So, I just got to go D-plus on the quarterbacks now. In a perfect world, was Jared Goff going to be an A plus? No. Was he going to hopefully be this season like a B minus, C plus, and the rest of the team was going to be better around him? That's what I was hoping for, and it just hasn't happened. I don't see it happening. To be honest, I'm like trying to serve up Kool Aid. I mean, you know, we we got the multiple drops. I'm trying to just pour it out for you. Drink it in. Side of cornbread. Cornbread. Make it a double. Cornbread. Like, it's just hard to do, though, with what I've seen from Jared Goff. Like, when I said they're going to finish strong, the reason I think is you're going to see, like, some defenders continue to come on. You're going to see Swift and Hawkinson, you know, make their plays. You know, you might see Raymond and St. Brown, you know, come into their own a bit more. But I don't see Jared Goff having, like, these game win like where he just wins a game by himself I think it's gonna be everybody around him and he's coming along for the ride you know Jared Goff I don't see him playing any perfect games this year where we look back we're like man the only reason we lost was everybody except Jared Goff like he's had a hand in all these losses he's been disappointing marginal at best below average whatever you want to say and like you say, when your backup is David Blau and then you got Dan freaking Campbell going on and on about Tim Boyle, come on, man. I was nice to give you a D-plus at this point when it comes to quarterbacks. All right, let's serve up some Kool-Aid, man. Running backs, I got them in a solid B. Now, it was disappointing to not have Jay Swaggy in that last game. I think he could have helped. I'm hoping he's back off the bye. I haven't heard anything, but you would assume whatever he had it was somewhat minor and he had a off week, then a bye week, and now he's coming back to this another week of practice. Hopefully they can get him right. I, I think he's been a nice surprise, to be honest, a guy that I really hope can stay here multiple years and compliment Swift as well as just see what else they can do to increase this backfield because – even though I'm giving them B, and even though they've been better than the average, look at the stats, man. Got like no 100-yard games. You know, these guys are, are kind of rarely getting in the end zone, rarely making plays. It's like, you know, they, they might have five, six-plus touchdowns, whatever it is, between the two, but the only big player, remember, is Swift on that big touchdown against the Rams, and then Swift had a really nice second half at the Baltimore game, which I was at. Like, other than that, it's kind of been hit or miss. Yeah, of course, like... Swag and Swift are getting nice six, eight-yard carries more often than we're used to. But if that doesn't happen for four quarters, that ends up being 40, 50 yards, and and maybe you fall in the end zone. And that's not good enough, you know, when you got other teams getting huge days from their running backs and, and getting more production. So, B, I like what they're doing. I like the two players. But we're just getting to see Jamar Jefferson. That's kind of been a hit miss at this point late in the draft. I still like that kid, don't get me wrong. 
Um, you got Godwin Igwebuke. Um, you know, he's sh- showed up on special teams, done a couple things, but he's nothing to hang your hat on. And gosh, there's just, there's really nothing else there. You know, it's just it is what it is. So the names don't wow you as they don't on this team. But overall, again, I could have went a little bit lower. Some people drinking that Kool-Aid might go a little higher. I've been fine with the running backs. Solid B grade. Let's move to the wide receivers. Looking at the wide receivers, I mean, you know, St. Brown hasn't done what we hoped, but he is a rookie. Khalif Raymond surprised you every now and again. Tyrell Williams gave you nothing. They ended up letting him go. He gave the team nothing. Absolutely nothing, did I mention? Um, And... Gosh, man, Cephas is hurt. Like, it's just, I had to go D on the wide receivers when I'm thinking about it. Like, you know, if everyone's like, well, I liked what I saw from Quintus Cephas. It was like, for what, a game and a half you like that? I mean, what do you have, 60 yards one game? That was blew you away? No, that's not National Football League type, uh, you know, quality production, if you know what I'm saying. So they're going to have to come in at a D. Brad Holmes swung and missed. He thought he would just, like, put out these wide receivers. And I don't know if he thought Jared Goff was going to make them incredible or if he was going to lean on Swift and Hawkinson more than they even have. But he didn't give them enough. They haven't done enough. That's a D for the wide receivers with a chance to jump up in that average to below average category here in the second half. Hopefully St. Brown turns it on. I would like Cephas to get back this year, but I'm not like putting him in some big role until he does more. And I don't know. I don't know where else the production comes from. I really don't. I'd love to give you Kool-Aid takes, but I, I got nothing there. Tight ends. I mean, here's the thing with tight ends. Here's my rant. Like, T.J. Like, he's been all right. He's been okay. He's been decent, you know? People are like, oh my gosh, he's so good. He's just a good, one of the greatest players we've ever had. Like, you, you seen him rip any, you know, 40 yard seams anytime soon in their near history, recent history? No. You see him catch a big, deep 50 yarder up over the defense, score? No. You, you see him blow anybody up off the field blocking? No, not really. You see him make like six, eight, 12, 15 yard catches here and there. Not much after the catch. It's just he's good. I mean, he's a, he's a good. He's he's a, he's still like a top eight tight end. You know, I know people are gonna say he's top five. Oh, he's a third ranked. This. I mean, I haven't seen it on the field. And again, we got high expectations. One of our playmakers. I get it, but. On a bad team like this, you should be getting the ball a ton. You should be making plays after the catch. You should be making linebackers and poor corners and stuff look silly. I haven't seen it. You should be dominating in the red zone. haven't seen it. And, like, you got nothing behind him. You know, old man Darren Fells asked for his release. Like, I'm sure Brad Holmes was like, what? You want your release? Where, where the hell are you going to go? <laughs> you know, you should be happy to be here making uh, whatever we're paying you for doing pretty much nothing, you know, making a player here. So I don't know where Darren Fells thinks he's going to go or people are chomping at the bit for Darren Fells, but they were like, all right, we'll see you. Um, sent him out the way, so he's gone. Then they bring up Brock Wright. I mean, this was a guy, his first couple of games, he, he's laid on all these blocks. He's not doing all this stuff. So it's like... He just gave them no depth there either. What did you think? Hawkinson was going to play every snap and just be an all-pro and put up a 1,000 and 10? I mean, 
that's not happening and you got nothing behind him to compliment the guy and nothing on the outside. So I just feel like that's been another miss um, in this first year by Brad Holmes. And here's the disclaimer. Here's the Kool-Aid disclaimer. I'm cool with it because I feel like it's almost a tank job just to sort of, hey, we're just going to throw nothing out there. We'll find a couple gems. We'll kind of see who can't play. And then they probably think they're going to take this huge leap or surprise teams in 2022. I'm fine with that if that's your approach. I mean, that's not how I would have done. I'd given them a little bit more juice or hopefully would have stayed a little more healthy. But, I mean, TJ Hawkinson, Brock Wright, and then a bunch of crickets. Is, is that what your plan was at tight end? I mean, that's a C for me. That's a straight-up average Hawkinson could obviously ball out in the back half of the season and people be going crazy about him. And again, this was a player I advocated to draft. I liked the player in general, but over his few years here in Detroit, I've seen a guy that he's a lot of hype and a lot of this and a lot of marginal production, you know, not seeing him. I mean, his best game was like his first game as a pro where he went for like a buck 20 and two tugs. Since then, it's like, hey, I got you 30 yards and... You know, every few games I get you a touchdown or so. Like, oh, great. So you end up with four or five hundred yards and four touchdowns. Great. You know, that's probably his average over his three years if I had to just throw it out there. So, you know, I get he was a pro bowler. I get he's a good player, but I need to see more. No doubt about it. Again, I should be giving you, like, Kool-Aid grades, but, like, <laughs> I just want to see so much more from this team and so much more talent. It's tough for me. So... So here's one. Let's let's go to the offensive tackles. You know, top of my head, I'm kind of giving the OTs like a B, B minus range. So Penny Sewell, I think, has done some nice things at left. Matt Nelson was really poorly graded, but I got to admit, you know, I see him get beat every now and again. But for having Matt Nelson over there at right tackle, I feel like he's been decent to good for the most part. So... I mean, B-minus for the tackles. Now, you put Taylor Decker, you get Sewell in there. Um, you know, I think you're going to even see an uptick, so that might have been part of my thinking as well, is they've been decent and they'll probably be much better if Decker is back to full health and they can figure that out. So, you know, I like what they've done on the outsides at the offensive line. You go to the interior offensive lineman, I gave a solid B-grade. Um, you know, never thought I'd do this here on the podcast, but Hal Vitae, has been decent. <laughs> He's been okay. He's been decently good. I mean, this was a guy pretty much right after they signed him and I threw out all the Kool-Aid. It's like, no, nope, he can't play. He's horrible. He's a... He's that thing you go through at the movie theater when you're when the guy rips your ticket. You know, an absolute turnstile. But he's been pretty good this year. You know, pushing people around. Pretty solid in pass pro. So I haven't minded what I've seen there. Jonah Jackson's getting all the pro football focus love, which is cool. And, uh, you know, decent at the guard position. Now, we still haven't seen anything from Stenberg. You know, you, you get an injury there, you might really be hurting. But for now, they're solid B on the inside to me. And when you look at the center position, I mean, gosh, Frank Ragnow, AA plus all day, right? But for him to get injured so early in the year and for his whole season to be wiped out and for, you know, them to have to go to the backup and, I mean, what Evan Brown, whatever, like, Again, he, he had a couple nice games rating-wise, but he's also starting to remember who he is, you know, where he's just like, the grades aren't panning out, he's not pushing people around, he's not dominating like Frank would, and it just hurts the team a ton. So 
I, I gave the centers, you know, a B minus to a C plus. Um, you know, Frank in there obviously elevates that a ton. Evan Brown, I expected a lot worse to be honest, but he hasn't been great overall. And even when he has been great, I mean, again, it's a center. It doesn't make the end of the world, right? So, I don't know. I mean, overall offense, if you had to give them an overall grade, I mean, gosh, they, 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 they've been C minus, D plus type quality, right? I know some of you just F for everything. Yeah, no, we can't do that. But, um, you know, probably a, a D plus type grade, you know, would have to be justified for the offense. They put a bunch of goose eggs in the first half. They haven't done what they're supposed to do. So it's just not where you want them. So let's go ahead and take a quick break for our great sponsors. But please give them a listen. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com. And when we come back, we'll give the grades, talk a little defense, give you a couple takes, a little more Kool-Aid, and get up out of here. Everybody, we'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, everybody, this goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You can put franchise tags on guys. Uh, It's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, I say it every week. Thank you so much for the list of sponsors. That really helps out the show. Please uh, hit me up. You can find me on Twitter at Derek Okri. That's spelled D-E-R-E-K. O-K-R-I-E. Always love hearing from all the people that listen to this show. It blows my mind every time that people are just drinking in the Lions Kool-Aid and they're laughing at stuff we do here on the show. They love the guests. They they love some of my crazy rants that I do for you guys and have some fun with. So I just really appreciate that. So send me a direct message on 
Twitter if you want or or find me out there on any of the social platforms and let me know what you think about the show. And I've also been asking for feedback. What do you guys want? You want Q&As? You want NFL draft talk? Um, you know, you want to do these game previews and reviews? You want me to have more guests? on? What do you want from the show? I'll do my best to give it to you in the midst of all the crazy busyness that's surrounding me right now. So do the best I can. And again, you never know what kind of surprise I might have up my sleeve, things I'm working on behind the scenes. Might have some announcements here for you guys before you know it on some cool stuff that's going down. So keep your ears here on the show and uh, on my social platforms as well. Let's move to defense. Let's give out some defensive grades. You know, we're talking about defensive ends. A lot of times they're they're classified as edge guys now. I mean, I feel like the Lions' DEs and edges have kind of been D grade, maybe C plus C minus type grade. And and the guys I'm looking at, again, they could call these guys outside linebackers all you want. But like when I think of defensive ends and edges, I feel like Trey Flowers is the guy that I'm talking about when I'm giving out a grade. Romeo, who got hurt. I mean, he was decent, but he wasn't, you know, where you want him. Again, probably still one of our better young players. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, Charles Harris, I'm going to put him in the outside linebacker type category. You know, other edge guys is like Michael Brockers is kind of more of a defensive end, more so than an interior. He hasn't really been very productive. Um, so, you know, gosh, it's just tough. You know, you're really looking for some of those guys to come on. Now, I will give the outside linebackers a better grade when I get to them because that's when you're talking about Julian and Harris and Austin Bryan and some of these guys, right? So, you know, I just feel like the edge pressure, I haven't felt it most games. I haven't seen a lot of disruption, a lot of turnovers make a play. So, again, might have been a little harsh grade, but D plus, C minus type grade for those guys. When you move into the interior, guys, this is where I really hoped – was real hopeful this year that we had some nasty dogs in there. I'm talking about Levi, Lee McNeil, Deshaun Hand, you know, John Penasini, those type of guys. I feel like they've been underwhelming as well. I got them at a, at a, a CC minus. I just feel like Levi's got to show a lot more. I keep waiting for it. People keep saying he's coming on. He starts playing better. He's got to be more disruptive. He's got to be more penetrator, all that type of stuff you look for. And I think it will happen. It just hasn't happened yet. Aline McNeil's been playing a lot, man, from day one. He's basically in there uh, at the no spot anytime they need him. I just haven't seen that penetration that they talked about. He seems to get a little better each week, but it's not happening quick enough, in my opinion, for that upper third-round pick they spent on him. So, again, I got those guys at a low, below-average type grade with the potential to be much, much better. When you move to the middle linebacker spot, this is – this is tough, man, because everybody knows my rant on Jamie Collins. I mean, what a lazy bum, you know. They brought him back. They talk him up. He was going to do this, that, and the other. Guy didn't care about football. Didn't try. Now, what he's in New England, he's playing better. He's doing this and that. Who cares? Like, that guy's a system guy at best and had his best years like eight years ago. So, he was off the team quick, which which was addition by subtraction. Then, then you got Alex Anzalone, who, like, he – he struggled big time in the beginning, and then he started playing real good, and I feel like he struggled again the last game or so. So I don't know where he's at. He's going to level off right in the middle based on that. Derek Barnes didn't get much time. Now he's starting to get more time. He always seems to show up when I'm watching him where it's like he's a big old physical beast, seems to be where he needs to. Has he gotten any turnovers? Has he made any big splash plays? Not really, but I like what he has. I like his build. I like we can bring to the team long term, no doubt about it. So, looking at middle linebacker types, 
those guys that play the inside type backers, I'm going to give them a, a C grade right in the middle. Just nothing spectacular, nothing absolutely awful since we got rid of horrible Jamie Collins. And the outside backers, I mentioned them earlier, Harris, Bryant, Julian Okora, you know, guys in that ilk, you know, I guess to Jalen Rees-Maven, is he outside, is he in, you know, it's kind of hard to tell, throw him kind of in that outside group as well. I give these guys a B, you know, uh, again, have they, have they blown you away? Not really. Charles Harris is everybody's guy. We're just like, man, he's getting after the quarterback. He's doing this, that, and the other. I mean, of course, he's going to stick out when other guys aren't doing a ton. Austin Bryant playing more seems to look good, but also, I don't know if he's a part of this team moving forward. I really don't. Julian O'Quara seems to be taking up the you know, stake for his brother being hurt. I like what I see from him, like his hustle, like some things. He's still not a, a run defender, obviously, but he get after the quarterback from the outside if you let him loose. So I like it. Again, it's almost hard to give him a B because you look around the league and there's so many nasty outside linebacker type pass rushing type guys. So it's not a B in comparison to the rest of the league. It's just sort of what they've done, what their potential is, maybe moving forward even more so than that. So, you know, B, you could give them a B minus, whatever you want to do, but we'll throw that out there. Corners, I mean, gosh, I was waiting to see Mr. Okuda this year. I didn't like what he showed in those first game or so, but I was waiting to see Mr. Okuda and see if he had something. And AO to me, everybody knows it's my guy. I mean, what we we got a bit on the show. We've got sound bites for this guy. I mean, A O. You guys know I'm on the show. Oh, baby! <laughs> I I used to love playing. Now I was like, man, this guy is just baller. He's long. I love him in the draft. All this, man. Most of the time, it's man. A O. Oh no! Like, get up and tackle, bro. Get up there and show some effort. Like, of course, the guy has three picks. My buddy chops. Hashtag choppy likey is all like, oh, I love, I love Ail. He's tremendous. He's a number two. Based on what, man? Based on like a couple stats and a few flash plays. You see, what about all the times where he's five yards off a guy catching a ball right in front of him on third and seven? Like, I've seen plenty of those this year. A guy doesn't look like he wants to tackle. I, I just don't know. I mean, maybe if you surround him with better players, he settles in as like a 3-4 type corner and he's good. But I'm not liking what I'm seeing from 24 on the outside. And I was trying to rep the jersey. I was trying to play the soundbite this year. And it's like, I, other than his picks, I just don't see it. So, you know, you just got guys that didn't stay on the roster. You got Iffy who played like a good, what, quarter or two and people were like signing him up for the Pro Bowl it was like yeah we need to see more from him pulled his quad or whatever he did so I don't know the corners I mean again here here's the thing with the corners this is why they get a C C plus for me Jerry Jacobs I love me some Jerry Jacobs, man. This dude can play. He's got great mentality. He came in drafted. He's a hard worker. He wants to be great. Um, I know it's hard to like hang your be like all excited about Jerry Jacobs, but this is the best corner we got, man. I'm telling you, like even next year, I bet you Jerry Jacobs is like a, a, a two three type cornerback on this team based on what he showed. Like I think he's here to stay. I really like this guy both on and off the field. So corners, you know, even like the Bobby Prices is playing corner. He's a state like they've been better than expected for some games. So I, that's why I had to get him in that C C plus type category. It's like I thought they'd be just abomination after Okuda and what I saw from AO and they've been 
they've been okay some games. So, And when you go to the safety position, this is where I almost went F. But again, Tracy Walker's been playing a lot better. But every week, every single week, it's Will Harris getting roasted, toasted, and extra crispy. I mean, it just continues to happen. It's an embarrassment. I don't know what this guy's problem is if he can't you know, read the plays, if he doesn't know what he's doing, if he's just, I I have no idea, but all I do know is that he can't play. (laughs) He shouldn't be out there. Like Trey Boston's a free agent. Like anybody go down to your local bowling alley, go find me a safety because Will Harris can't play the game of football. He can't cover. He can't tackle. He can't read. He can't blitz. He can't, he doesn't show me he does anything very well, you know? So I just want him not on the football field. So that's why the safeties came in at a D. Of course, Tracy Walker, you're doing some nice things. I kind of like what I'm seeing, but I can't have you make up for Harris, Marlowe, you know, C.J. Moore, whoever else they're throwing back there. Like, no, it's it's very below average in so many levels. So with all that being said, there's my grades again. You might think, man, where's the Kool-Aid, man? Where's the excitement? Where's the positivity coming off the bye week? Here's the thing. You guys are probably like, you know, 018, not much to get excited. Why should you drink the Detroit Kool-Aid? Why should you listen to the show? Why should you root on the Detroit Lions now and in the future? Well, here's why. Because it's your team. It's our team. I mean, this is Detroit's team. We're a football town. The other reason you should believe in this team is they're building something. I really believe that from the ground up. They're like trying to lay the foundation. Then they'll sprinkle in some some exciting players at wide receiver and different positions like that. They got some running backs. They're looking for that dynamic quarterback. Um, why should you drink the Detroit Kool-Aid? Because it's exciting to see something built from the ground up and to see our general manager put their stamp on it, bring in their guys and try to get it right for the first time since I've been a fan, to be honest. Um other reasons to be excited and drink that Detroit Kool-Aid? Hold on, let me pour you a glass before I, before I give you a couple of these names. Maybe I'll pour you a few glasses while I tell you some of these drink names. Drink it in, uh... DeAndre Swift. T.J. Hawkins. You, you got Taylor Decker, a top 10 left tackle. You got Frank Ragnall, possibly the best center in the game. Drink it in, uh... You got... Penny Sewell, a big nasty beast who by the end of the year will be able to play the right, the left. He will fight you in a phone booth. He has good feet. He can get out on screens. He will crush you anywhere and everywhere on the football field. Drink it in, uh... You got a guy named Levi, a.k.a. Big Denim. You've got Aleem McNeil, big nasty butterball in the middle that is learning how to play, but hopefully eventually can get after the quarterback. You got O'Romeo. How far out, though? Achilles uh, Romeo. You've got Derek Barnes, absolute beast number 55 in the middle of your defense. You got Romeo. You got to have Julian, right? Uh, You got Julian on the outside. You got a guy, I mentioned him earlier, Mr. Okuda coming back, number 23. You got Tracy Walker, the longest arms in the league. You got A.O., hopefully can play better, even though I kind of ragged on him earlier in the show. You got the best player. Punter in all of football, Mr. Jack Fox. Drink it in, So if you got all that, and then you start adding wide receivers, 
first of all, you got to find the right quarterback. I'm really curious who that's going to end up being. Obviously, it's got to be the right fit for the city of Detroit, for the position, be able to run, pass, make plays when there's no plays to be made. But that's all the things smart, all the things we got to look for, right? Great guy on and off the field. That's everything you want at the quarterback position. Once you get that figured out, I think you can add these receivers. Then Hawkinson and Swift are better. Your old line is tight. Your defensive line's got some big bodies up there. And then you gotta, you gotta, you know. Again, I've been preaching this for a few years. It's a passing league. So what, 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 might, what might be a good idea in a passing league? I don't know. Get corners that can actually cover. That would be nice. So. I would get myself some top-level corners. Even if you think Mr. Okuda is going to be good, if there's a good corner, I don't know, like Stingley that's staring you in, in the draft and you love that kid, you might want to go get him. Maybe there's a kid in the second, third, fourth round. Go get yourself some more corners that can actually play coverage, can tackle, and do some things. Because I think that's how you're going to win big in the league. And then, like I say, a lot of these teams have these safeties now that can cover, they can come down and blitz. You know, move all over the football field like a chess piece. I don't know if Tracy Walker is that guy or not, but you need to find him. So there's a lot of reasons of why you should drink the Detroit Kool-Aid, why you should believe. But the biggest reason is because you don't want to be that guy that rags on the team, uh, takes in all the jokes like all my uncles out there, Uncle Dean, Uncle Dim, all these people ragging on the Detroit Lions, making them a punchline. You know, oh, it's so funny that they never win. And then you know they'd be rooting them on when they do. It's like you can't have it both ways. Either hang in there and you root for them good, bad, or otherwise, or just go go be a Steeler fan or whatever, right? Like that's that's my take on it. it. Always has been. It's sort of like, yeah, do I like any of this losing? No. But do I like go out there and just crush my team and oh why do I root for the Lions? What I'm always gonna watch the Lions on Sunday. Always. I don't care what the record is. I don't care what's going on with the team. That's my team. That's the city of Detroit's team. That should be your team. And then how great is it going to be when they get up over the hump and start winning? How great is it going to be when all these people that have been making punchlines of them for years are like, oh, man, look at the Lions. They're a ferocious, young, good team. And and you know in your heart of hearts the same people that said they'd never be good or ragged on them for the past couple decades. Like, you know what's going to happen. You know it's those same people that have been using the old punchline, cheap pops, are going to be the same people going, man, I love this team now. Like, look at how great they play, whether it be in the media, your next-door neighbor, wherever. So be on the front line of that. Like, drink this Detroit Kool-Aid early and often, would you please? I mean, just, just take a drink now. Drink it in. That way, when this team wins and when they start playing good football, you're like, man, I've been drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid forever. I drink it all day, every day. I'm a loyal, diehard, absolute, resolute, no doubt about it, loyal Detroit Lions fan. Win, lose, or draw. And when they win, we'll all be dancing in the streets, and I can't wait for it. So, everybody, there's a little Detroit Kool-Aid for you on a Wednesday. Take care. I'll catch you Friday right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. I'm out. Cornbread! Pack the bag! Stop the plane! This game is over! It is over! What a comeback by the Lions! Drink it in!